folks, and welcome to another episode of the Club Rugby Collective brought to you by All Sports Physiotherapy. My name is Brendan Saucertel from Queensland Rugby, and joining me today is my old pal, Jay Ball. How are we, mate? I'm good as gold, Saucer Boy. How you doing, brother? Not too bad, mate. All the better because Club Rugby is back. How good was it to actually get out and see some park footy on the weekend, mate? Mate, it was awesome. I was out at uh, Yoku Road from about 9am, watched fourth grade and third grade and uh, Rezies do uh, their business against the Gallopers for the Doggies. And then obviously watch, I was able to commentate the uh, match of the round, which was Chiefs versus West, which was an absolute belter of a match. I think there was something like 110 plus points scored in that match alone. So, mate, it was awesome to be able to get out and actually just experience a bit of club land again. You never know what's going to happen in the future. So it's good to get in while we can. Mate, didn't you pull the boots back on this weekend? I did, but I didn't get on the field source. Thanks for bringing oh, it up. What? My coach feels pretty bad about it. He forgot about me because I uh, I put my hand up to run touch and then he uh, he had the blinkers on and didn't notice that I was standing there with my head strapped and my, uh, my boots on. But I've got the starting jersey this weekend against the Tigers in third grade at, uh, at the kennel. So I'm fizzing. Absolutely fizzing to get into it, mate. It's been two years since I pulled the boots on. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, well, mate, you don't want to come back against East. It's going to be a rough day for you. You reckon? Look, mate. You ready to put, you to put we'll, a we'll, we'll, on we'll, that we'll, source? We'll discuss it when we get into the Jeep Sunnybanks game from the weekend, mate. But uh, the depth of Tigerland, mate, she's good this year. <laughs> she's good. <laughs> well, that's enough uh, poor banter from us, mate. Let's jump into it. Jeeps v West on the weekend. We're both there, mate. Obviously, a high-scoring game. Um, and the scoreline's probably a bit narrower than what um, the match actually was. I think for those of us that were there watching, you could tell once Jeeps got past that 50-point um, mark, Ellie brought off a lot of the the starters, a few of the reserves came in, and that's when West sort of launched their comeback to score a few late tries. But um, pretty critical performance, I thought, from the Gallopers first up. Mate, what were your thoughts? Yeah, very much the same. I think Jeeps had a stranglehold on that match pretty much from the 20-minute mark. They they got out to a bit of a lead. West came back, and it was going back and forth. But I think Jeeps tend to have, like, you know, a two- or three-score lead throughout the majority of the match. West would hit back, then Jeeps would do the same. So, yeah, as you said, at the end, you know, it's a two-score game. But it was a two-score game throughout the entire thing, if not more. So, um, and I, I think as well... it. It was a weird one. I commentated with uh, Tommy Christie from Jeeps and Dow, uh, Dallin Murphy as well. And after the game, we all sort of said it It didn't actually feel like either side was defending poorly per se. I mean, there were a fair amount of missed tackles, but it, it seemed that most, it was more so that both teams were actually quite clinical in their attack. We saw Jeeps go all the way deep from inside their own 22 with that try to Kieran Johnston. You know, they could score from that long was way massive. out. That's awesome. um, it was huge, mate. And then, you know, Axel Naisa picked up three tries and uh, he was absolutely having a field day. So it, I think it was more of an indication that both, these are two very good attacking sides. Um, and I would argue that they're probably two of the better sides in the competition. So it'll be interesting to see, but it was still an entertaining game of footy. Bloody hell, was it? Well, mate, you mentioned um, a ballet there, mate, the Fijian freight train. He was a one-man highlight reel for that game, mate. He set... As he said, he scored a hat-trick. He set up another two tries. Um, but, mate, we, we've seen what he can do at South the last couple of years and, you know, bursts here and there. But, mate, he just seemed at home on the back of that back line there at the Gallopers, mate. Oh, mate, he was absolutely ripping in. It was just ridiculous. And I think um, 
one thing we discussed in the commentary was the fact that prior to the COVID break, and I, I think I threw John O'Kent under the bus a little bit. I said, you know, if he was actually having to step up and learn the craft of being a game manager, uh, manager of fly half, um, it's throwing him into the fire essentially. And I did say it could be rocks or diamonds and I didn't mean anything bad by it. I meant by the fact that you're trying to learn such a crucial part of a game in, in the pressure cooker that is the fly half position at one of the top clubs in the Queensland Premier Rugby competition. It's always going to be hard. And I thought that could be a weakness for him, but Teddy Teller has come along. Johnny Kent's now back in fullback. He can look at that game's management from there. He can learn from Teddy Teller. And Teddy Teller, he was just unleashing that back line. Marlonga Canelio, Samidi, his brother, and then uh, obviously Atunais on the wing. So picking up Teddy Teller was absolutely crucial for him. And I think he's going to get so much service out of that team's back line that is absolutely rammed to the gills with top-class footy players. Mate, Teddy at the back of a forward pack that lays a good platform, mate. He was awesome at the weekend. But I reckon one key thing from the match, and I think this can potentially be something that Jeeps are going to struggle with as they go through the few rounds against some of the high-ranked teams, is um, I don't really think we saw an out-and-out seven on the pitch there for the most of that match. Um, I know Connor Anderson came off early for West, so you guys lost one of your better players there, regardless of what position. Um, and that sort of lost your breakdown presence. But I reckon West could have potentially been better off throughout the match had they had Connor on the field because um, while the Fijian fellow that they've had start at seven for the Gallopers, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, while he had good carries and stuff like that, mate, from where they've been in the last couple of years where they've had a Tom Kibble or your Matt Kell applying a lot of breakdown pressure, mate, that wasn't there. And I think if they come up against an East where you've got Michael Gunn playing or a UQ where you've got the likes of Paddy Morrie, Sam Wallace running around, things like that, um, I reckon that could potentially be where the Gallopers come undone. But in saying that, mate, there was a lot of other guys that stood up and performed. We've mentioned Abele, we've mentioned Teddy. Um, you know, some of the front rowers performed quite well as well, I thought. But to, to point one person out that I thought really killed it, Cullen Cooper-Jones, a young half. Um, he's come up from the Gold Coast, apparently. My understanding is he's one of the first graduates from the um, the Brad Free um, programs they've been running with the skill sessions for sort of the former players, the C2K stuff. And, um, mate, he killed it. And for a young guy on debut, scored a try and knocked over seven conversions, mate, and really steered that Jeeps team around the park. I reckon he's a great pickup for him. Mate, he was absolutely filthy. Looks like Streaks from Saved by the Bell with that. Uh, he's got the high top fade and he's got the jerry curl looking dude. Um, but, mate, he is absolutely awesome. He absolutely killed it. And, uh, mate, that is a massive get to be able to get someone like him into the mix there at Yoku Road. I mean, he, he is a massive prospect. Yeah, 100%, mate. Um, for you, mate, who stood out from that West lineup, mate? Mate, I'd have to say, I think uh, going toe-to-toe with the Jeeps forward pack is no mean feat. I think Liam Usher did re- really well going toe-to-toe, as, uh, as I said, with um, Freddie Burke in particular. Um, but Jeremiah Skelton has come over from Brothers. We know how good he is at the Brethren in the last season. He's followed Car Marshall over along with his brothers. Um, we all know his old man, Big Earn, um, won a premiership there in 2006. So it's good to have him in, at the kennel, but... He was awesome. He was everywhere, strong carries, picked up a try. 
he is a genuine footy player. He is absolutely filth, that bloke. No, mate, I think he's an excellent pickup for him, mate. It looks like he's put on a lot of size in the off-season too, mate. So he's been uh, obviously in the gym throwing around some tin while in lockdown, which is good to see. Um, well, look, mate, we'll look to move on to Sunny Bank and East, but before we do that, we spoke to Teddy Teller post-match. Obviously, it's his first game back in Premier Rugby and his first game for Jeeps. Um, so let's tune in to what Teddy Teller had to say post-match. Teddy, mate, obviously getting back out there today, mate. It's been a long time coming. How special is it to have rugby back? Yeah, no, really special. Um, I know the boys down here have been putting in a, a fair few you know, weeks of, of pre-season and for the season to be put on hold, I think everyone's sort of excited that uh, we can actually get out there and play some footy. And, uh, mate, obviously a massive turnout today to support you guys um, across the grades. How special is it for the local community to have that sense of normality back with the rugby? Yeah, definitely. I mean, even before the game... Uh, the captain spoke about it, you know, the, the attendance and all the, the crowd that were coming out today to watch some footy. I think uh, it was important that, uh, you know, we, we sort of try to put on a show for them today because it's been a while. Um, so, yeah, no, it's very important for the, the community getting together. It's definitely a good turnout um, right around the field, so it's good. Yeah, mate, there's been some pretty sort of stringent restrictions in place of training and carrying through the games and stuff like that, mate. How's everyone sort of uh, adjusting to, uh, I suppose, a different way of their, their rugby day? Yeah, you know, everyone's adjusting well. I think everyone's putting in the good practice and, you know, whether it be hand sanitizer or, you know, everyone's for their own water bottles and whatnot. So, you know, there's, uh, there's some strict practices definitely, but everyone's sort of getting used to it now, I think. Right, and, uh, mate, new club for you, mate, obviously, fitting in here with Jeeps. You know, your brothers have played in before. Um, how are you enjoying uh, rugby here in Ashgrove? Yeah, no, bloody good. Uh, you know, I've, I've uh, made my way up here to, the, to Ashgrove and to play alongside my older brother um, so it's, it's been it's been a good good a good experience actually um, a lot of the setup here is um, you know semi-professional sort of so to speak uh, very everyone's sort of competing and everyone's sort of putting in the work so um, no it's good club culture I've, I've enjoyed my, my last couple of weeks yeah uh, some interesting stuff there <laughs> from Teddy Teller in his first match back in QPR for the Gallopers so let's throw forward to Sunnybank the East obviously the bunter bowls on the line on this one it's got a new home it's going to Tigerland. I went down there and presented the guys with the cup uh, last night because uh, it wasn't at the match um, for some uh, COVID-related purposes. Uh, no one's allowed to drink out of the cup altogether, um, all that stuff. But anyway, um, that aside, obviously, it was a big scoreline. The East boys got up in this one, 51-24. to 24. Um, Look, we probably predicted the score in this one, Jay, mate, but what was your thoughts on that clash? Oh, mate, uh, to be honest, I think the score actually blew out a little bit than um, what it actually shows. I think uh, This was a good game of footy. That first half was one of the best halves of footy in a very long time. I think it was only a one-point ball game in favour of East going into the halftime break. And then they were able to go bang, bang towards the end of the game to blow that scoreline out. But Sunnybank, it was Sunnybank of old. They were able to put on a good 40 minutes and then literally 35 seconds into the second half, he scored and, and it was all one-way traffic after that. So promising signs for Sunnybank. I don't think they've got the depth to be able to go deep this season, unfortunately. Like Tom Lucas and Hayden Sargent, they were awesome. Zach Shepard, he is absolutely massive to have, them back, uh, to have him back um, at Old Mac. But East, mate, they are... Class. There's there's not one player on that field that isn't a top grade first uh, first grader in that side. They are legit, legit, well, mate, you, and they will go of, deep this season. Yeah, 
I think depth's going to be key, mate, for any club this season in terms of the fact that if you get an injury for any key position this year, you don't have a few weeks to bring someone back. Um, you've got to have someone ready to step up from reserve grade and come in raring to go. And if you have a look at the reserve grade and third grade scores from the weekend in these two clashes, well, Sunnybank managed to stick with East for the first half there in, in first in second grade. I think they lost 60-something nil. And in third grade, I know the East boys put 70-something on them. Um, and you've got guys like um, George Bloomfield, former Sunnybank fella. He's come back and he's playing for East. He played reserve grade. I know Kerwin Sande played reserve grade. Um, Tavita, there was a big centre that came in and played um, after Matty Gordon went last year. He came down and watched a game, decided he wants to come back. He's going to play third grade this week. Um, and then big uh, Eric Salesulu, he pulled out early as well from a from thirds. I know that, but he's going to be back around that level, as is Logan Tebbett. So there's a lot of guys floating in second and third grade who played plenty of premier grade rugby who are waiting for their chance to sneak into that top grade. But what else I like from East, mate, is if you have a look at who scored tries on the weekend, mate, there's no one who scored more than one try. It's a spread across the backs and the forwards, mate. And that probably tells you that these guys can score from from anywhere. But I reckon the best try of the match, mate, um, Aiden Toa, he hasn't played for East in seven years. It was his first game back for the Tigers, mate. And uh, I think he's loving life back at Tigerland after some stints overseas and an unfortunate few matches for the brothers last year. Yeah, yeah, unfortunate. But, um, mate, Aiden Toa is so good. I mean, he is a massive injection and... I think all the ringians are good, but I think it's now you've got a legit 15 that are surrounding guys like Eli Pills and Jack Frampton. That Jack Frampton and Eli Pills were great on the weekend, but they didn't have to overplay their hand. You know, it used to be Frampton and uh, Pills, Frampton and Gordo just running the show and everybody else were yeah. working off them. Now you saw, yeah, as you said, everybody was getting touches. Tom Milosevic was awesome. He was whacking blokes. He was getting offloads. Ben Moen, as I said, was massive. Puke Garland was sick. Richie Asiata. It was so good having Richie Asiata back in the competition because, as I said, I've said it before, he is the best ball-running front rower in the competition. And it's just, they are just legit. They are so legit. When you think you've got guys like Kerr and Sande and stuff riding pine, bloody hell, they are, they are a team that is going to go deep. Very deep. Yeah, no, mate, 100%. Um, well, mate, your place to watch from this one, mate. I know you've got your your favourite front rower in the competition, mate, um, as your player to watch. <laughs> yeah, Chodo Baggins, Reese Van Neck. Uh, he's, such, he's such an unassuming type operator because he is such a short, squat, big, thick unit. But, mate, he gets around the field so bloody well. And so many times he finds himself in open space. But that's just a benefit. That's just a bonus. He actually decimates blokes at scrum time. One of the strongest blokes in the competition. His ball carries are good. His linking with between the backs and forwards is awesome. Reese Van Neck is a legit, genuine footy player. And he's only, what, 21 years old this year, mate. Yeah. This is a guy who can very well go up into super rugby in a few years' time and absolutely decimate the comp. Mate, good call. Good call, mate. I'm a big fan of Reese Van Neck, mate. Good kid who does a lot of work behind the scenes on his craft. Um, look, mate, I think if you have a look at that match, mate, I thought Hayden Sargent had some really good touches out wide, mate. In broken play, mate, I reckon he's one of the most dangerous players in the comp. Um, so he's definitely key for those Agreed. guys. You mentioned Tommy Lucas was good. And then I think 
Mate, Liam McNamara has got the potential, mate, to be one of the best attacking players in the comp. But I think he's still the Mac Mara, mate. Yeah, yeah. Neil and Liam. The Macmara brothers are sick. Yeah, but I just think Liam's still got that was his first game back from a serious knee injury that he copped in the first round of NRC for Brisbane City last year, mate. I think he's still just got a little bit of way to go to edge back into it. But thankfully, first two rounds, not for points. So he's got time to actually edge his way back in. Um, but, mate, let's throw forward to Norse v UQ. Now, mate, I think anyone looking at this one in terms of that Norse lineup with a lot of unknown guys, looking at the UQ lineup with a lot of class throughout their um, match day 23, we thought this one was going to be a blowout, mate. But the Eagles, they stood up, mate. Gutsy performance. 100%. Look, I'm not going to lie. I sent the team list that Norse posted on Facebook to uh, Connor Moroni. And I just said, like, surely you blokes are going to absolutely smash these guys because uh, we all know Connor Chitton's ba- has bailed and Jordan Luke, but then Chapo was out. And I was just like, oh, bloody hell, mate. Like, there were so many, and that's on me, there were so many names there that I had no idea who they were. But they are filth, mate. Reese Tarpanay at outside centre is sick. I think that uh, Michael or Matthew Weir at fullback, he was really good. He's got a massive boot on him. Uh, Jacob uh, Prudhoe at fly half played probably his best game in Premier Rugby but their forward pack you see what happens when you get a legit forward pack they've got that tight head Peter DeLoa whatever his name is the big South African sound dude he mm-hmm. is sick mate he is sick but you see what happens they've got a tight five now that is actually Premier like they've got big tall second rowers they've got a big front row they've got a good young back row as well that's starting to stand up like in Harrison Fox Mate, I was pleasantly surprised and I'll honestly, and I will happily say as well that I honestly thought they were going to get smashed. And they didn't put those points on a UQ side that put their cue in the rack by way of making subs. A lot of their best players were still in the field when North started to come back. And if it wasn't for Lachlan Sperling chasing down Bookie in the 75th minute, that becomes a seven-point ball game and they very well can lose that match. So Lockie Sperling, I think, won that match or at least ice that match for the students. But North were well and truly in that with five minutes to go. Well, mate, you talk about the type five there, mate. I reckon Matty Wilshere is probably one of the best pickups. He's, uh, for anyone who remembers, I think back in 2016, he finished up at Toowoomba Grammar and he's a Kiwi fella. And he went straight over to the Chiefs Academy. He's had a couple of years off through injury, but he's um, he's back, wanted to just play some regular club footy, found a home at Norse. And as you mentioned, mate, um, they're a club that sort of struggled for height and uh, sort of out and out locks probably since Rob Pouliouvea um, went overseas and then came well, back mate, to West. Well, mate, so, on the weekend has been their second rower for the better part of nearly half a decade, and he's not a yeah. second rower. You can see that. And their set piece was absolutely awesome. They gave it to Uni at scrum time, who had Hamish Richardson, Tom Mellor and co. At the line-out, they were quicker, they were faster. Their set piece was probably better than Uni's on the day. Yeah. Well, Matt, I think the thing, key thing with Norse is their two best players are yet to come in. Like we spoke about, Chido's obviously down at West Harbour and Shoot Shield. Geordie Luke's gone over to Perth. Um, he's part of the force now, but mate, they've still got Nick Chapman to come back. And then the other fellow that they picked up in you, this is a fellow you're going to know very well, mate, Shay Wapiri, mate. I reckon Shay could mm. light up this comp once he comes back. But apparently just a little knee niggle from um, the trial game the week before I get South kept him out of the business. But... Um, Mate, he's got the potential to be ridiculously good. 
Yeah, mate. Mate, look, I, I, I was pleasantly surprised by Norths there and I, I do hope they give things a red-hot crack this year because they've got some young kids in that side that look like they could be bloody good footy players. And, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Ox and uh, Paddy Byron and stuff can do with that crew. Yeah, definitely, mate. And I like Ox's mentality in terms of trying to give guys opportunities that aren't from your traditional um, rugby pathways. And, uh, mate, we've seen how well Dane Zand has gone um, in that sense, albeit that he went to Nudgee, um, you know, from uh, from Nudgee third 15 to, to, to Reds, made the most tackles of any front rower this season in his, uh, in his match last week against the Brumbies. So good to see Big Dizzy going well. Um, mate, we, in terms of players to watch, I think you mentioned them both, mate. Reese Tarpanay from Norths and Lockie Sperling, who was excellent on the wing for UQ. Obviously, um, he's got good sevens credentials, Lockie Sperling. So coming through into that back line for UQ now and, and transferring that over, he's um, he's definitely one to watch, as well as Connor Clancy, the other winger, mate, who's um, another sevens fella who's um, meant to be absolutely awesome and I've been told by uh, Elton, the director of rugby, to keep an eye on Zara Christensen. Haven't, don't know much about this fella, but um, apparently they got big raps on him over at St. Lucia. Yeah, he's another sevens bloke. There, You can see that their sevens program is probably one of the best in QPR comp um, and it is a genuine pathway for a lot of their back uh, backline players to be able to come through that system there. So and it's weird as well. You look at UQ, they're always such a smaller side than so many other teams, but they're just so much more clinical. And yeah. I don't know how they do it, but we've we've said it for a long time. We rec- I, I reckon Hino is um, the best coach in the competition at getting players up to a Premier Grade standard quicker than any other coach in the competition. And that's evident by... As we just said, guys like Connor Clancy, Lockett Sperling, they had a fair few debutants on the weekend and they didn't look out of place. So Richard Cliff, that number six for UQ, I am a huge fan of him. He is just a big bully, big body. He was bloody good on the weekend as well. Yeah. well mate, my fellow my from UQ that I'm expecting big things from, mate, Connor Vest, but it's no secret there, mate. He's killed it for Northern Suburbs down at Shield. He's played NRC. Big ball carrying lock, something that the red heavies have missed. So I think he's one to watch. But before we keep talking up the heavies, mate, let's uh, let's jump forward. Um, I know as a West man, <laughs> it's uh, you don't like talking up the heavies too much. It so stinks, mate, I'll, mate. I'll get you out of it, um, mate. South Brothers. <laughs> now, mate, this match, obviously, I think if you looked at the sides going in, if you took into account the fact that South had lost their trial against North the week before, mate. Uh, I was not expecting this score, mate. But the baby magpies, mate, thirty to fourteen over brothers, mate. Massive uh, confidence boost for these South boys early on. Bloody oath, mate. Look, we 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 all know. I mean, brothers were lacking um, in a few of their top line players: Ryan Smith, Fraser McBride, Harry Wilson, Lawson Crichton, Stixy. Uh, but they still had a bloody talented Premier Grade side and going up against a bloody young Magpie side. Like, that Magpie side was probably, it would be hands down that youngest side in the competition. Um, but all they did, I was watching it on the Sunday and I'm thinking, how the hell do they lose this match? How do brothers lose this match? And all it was is South, South stayed in the um, contest. They got a, you know, an intercept. They defended. They got some turnovers. They All they did was did enough to stay in the contest and then took their opportunities. Uh, they 
cooked points when they were on offer. They kicked their goals when they needed to be kicked. They got their turnovers when they needed to be turned over. It wasn't, it wasn't a great game of footy. There's no denying that, but it doesn't matter. South came away with a buttered confection and one of the strongest teams in the competition, arguably, in brothers, came away with the L. So who cares, right? Mate, I reckon the key difference for South this year, mate, like Toddy Dammers obviously done great things with South Colts over the last two years. I mean, it, uh, three, four years ago, mate, South were the easy beats of the Colts competition. All of a sudden, they've won Colts 1 and Colts 2. No easy feat. And we're seeing these guys graduate through to the top level. And I, what I think we can see from Toddy, and if you chat to him, mate, he's so passionate about bringing this group together and the guys individually who are in it. Um, I think they're potentially going to have a bit of a mental edge over a few teams because I spoke to Tommy Maloney on Sunday morning and I just said, mate, like I didn't predict that one. What happened? And he said, well, we scored early and then just switched off and they were just up for it. And I reckon that's sort of the key for this one is that the South fellas just out and through the brothers guys. And I think if they're up for a match, this young group's going to come together. They want to play for each other. Um, and really sort of stick side by side with their mates. They've got a few old heads in there helping lead the charge. You've got Matty Bennett's, and you've got Josh O'Rourke, the big Irish fella who played from last year. He's a beast. Um, and then you add in a bit of class with their new 10, Roman Prasad. But you've got this group of young fellas, mate, who literally love being at South, loves playing for each other. And I think if you can get a young group that can come together, mate, and um, want to stick it to some of the bigger teams, um, you know, anything's possible for these fellas on their day, I reckon. Well, that's it. I think uh, in a shortened season, in a truncated season, enthusiasm is going to play a massive part. If Todd Demers is, does what Todd Demers does, he's a passionate, fiery bloke. And that means that what he can do is he can extract a lot of value very quickly. He can burn a lot of people out. That is true. But that's over, you know, maybe a couple seasons. Right now, this is... This season is made for a young Souths and Todd Demers outfit. He's going to go red hot at his players. His players are going to want to play for him. They're going to go out and they're going to be absolutely champing the bit every single game to actually come away with the W. And uh, look, that, they could snake under the radar here. Look, I don't think, I think they're going to probably go, you know, 50-50 this year by way of wins and losses. I don't know if they would get much, but I think they are going to upset a lot of, a lot of good sides out there. No, very true, very true. In terms of players to watch, um, and this one, mate, there's one fella out on the wing for South that absolutely carved up. Khan R. Wang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the tall, rangy uh, right winger. It came out of nowhere. He's from Caloundra, but he's come down, and he's just a classy, classy winger. You can see very balanced running style, but his goal kicking is what iced this game for him. He, Anywhere inside the 40, this bloke is going to nail him. He was drilling him from the sideline. He was getting penalties from about 40-odd metres out. So that's that's the sort of thing that can help a very young um, and inexperienced side is someone like that who, when you get down into the half, you know he's going to back himself to kick the goal or you know that he's going to work his way out. And that's that's the sort of thing that's really going to help an inexperienced South outfit. Well, mate, he scored 20 of the 30 points. He got a try, three conversions, three penalties, mate. Pretty handy first yep. start for them. Um, mate, for brothers, you know, we mentioned all the guys who are missing at the moment, mate. Like Lawson's obviously up training with the Reds. Smithy's playing for the Reds. Um, Stixie didn't play on the weekend. Uh, we're expecting him back in the next few weeks. Um, no Fraser. 
uh, Mick Wright, obviously, and no Harry Wilson. So they're missing a few key guys, but they're still putting out a pretty handy lineup. But I reckon their centres is going to be key. So you've got Chris LaRosa and Liam Richmond playing there at the moment, mate. Liam Richmond is a fellow who's come out of that uh, Rory Elite Development Program. He spent some time in Otago mm-hmm. with the link they've got over there last year. Um, I think there's probably a fair bit of expectation on him over the next few weeks, mate, just to cover while they wait for some reinforcements, mate. But um, hopefully he can uh, can stand up and, and perform. Um, but, mate, looking forward to the week ahead, round two. It's going to be our second week with no points played for before the real situation gets underway in round three next weekend. Now we've got our first Northside Derby, Brothers v. Northside Brothers. What are your predictions for this one, mate? Two teams coming off losses that are obviously going to be hungry to, uh, you know, set the record straight before they start playing for points. Yeah, unfortunately, I think brothers are going to be absolutely smarting after that loss on the weekend, and they might. Uh, Norths might, unfortunately, be the whipping boys at the hands of a brothers outfit looking to get back into the winner's circle before the um, season starts playing for points. That said, don't write off Norths. Norths are going to be the side this year that I think could run... Um, a run rampant on any side. So it'll be interesting to see, as you said, you know, whether Shea does line up and whether Chapo gets back in the mixer. That'd be absolutely massive. But yeah, I, I think brothers should brothers should come away with that one. Yep. And then, mate, we've got Jeeps v Souths at GPS, mate. Um, obviously, this one's going to have a lot of feeling in it, mate. There is a lot of South boys um, in that GPS lineup now, mate, uh, that are going to be playing against their old club. I'm predicting this one to be a pretty fiery clash. Oh, yeah, bloody oath. I mean, Jonah Plong has also gone from Jeeps over to Souths. And uh, it will be a very, very feisty outing. But I think Jeeps are going to be too big, too strong, too experienced. And they're absolutely going to smash the Magpies, to be honest. I think uh, the Magpies scrum is going to cop an absolute pounding. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's, you know, several, uh, several cards shown at scrum time. And then on top of that as well, possibly even penalty tries as a result. If Jeeps do what Jeeps do. Well, mate, uh, some other big news for this match, mate, coming up. Um, a former uh, Wallabies halfback's apparently going to come off the bench. So we'll wait to see who exactly that might be for, for the Gallopers. But uh, stay tuned for that one. Now, mate, our boys are going head-to-head. West V East at Skyfleet Stadium, mate. Uh, you know, uh, what, what was it that you said on the Pillar of the Post podcast earlier this year, mate? Um, East, like West, but successful? Yeah. 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 Yeah, this could be a fun game. Yeah, yeah this will be an awesome game. Um, we're going to smash you guys in third grade. Uh, reserve grade should come away with the W as well. And then uh, in premier grade, look, I reckon East are going to be too strong for West. West. West are bloody good. And I think in the forward pack, they're going to match up against the Tigers pretty well. I think they might actually dominate a little bit in the forward pack. Uh, just seeing George Francis was a bit shaky at scrum time on the weekend. Uh, whereas the Doggies did pretty bloody well against the Gallopers, in my opinion. But I think the backline class that you've got with Pills, Frampton, Hayes, uh, Matt Smith, all that sort of stuff, Aiden Toa up against a very, very young uh, West lineup could be what ices it. So I think the, I think uh, the Tigers are going to win that one. Mate, interesting one for West this week. You do have a big inclusion, mate, with Carter Gordon coming back. Yeah. Nick Dongy, mate, I reckon he performed admirably last week. Whether or not he's a fly half yet or he still just needs time to learn the craft, I'm not sure. But Carter's a big inclusion. But 
overarching, man, I, I really like what Carl's trying to set up there at West. I just think times yeah. against you guys. I think it's just going to take time for things to click. But um, for where you guys were Agreed. last year, I think there's definitely some positive things happening. Um, but yeah, look, mate, it's hard to go past the Tigers in this one, mate. I reckon they're going to be sharp. Um, now, mate, match of the round down at Shark Park, Bond versus Sunnybank. This is going to be Bond's first match um, of the competition. Sunnybank obviously coming off that loss to Easts. Um, a bit of movement between these squads in terms of fellas who've played for either side, mate. Should be an interesting clash. Yeah, this will be a weird one, in my opinion. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Bond, we know, typically start horrendously and then finish the season bloody well. So if they do what they've done over the last two years and they go 0-5 oh, and 0-6, and, oh, and then this season will be done and dusted. They need to come away with this win. I know it's not for points, but they need to get this win to be able to start their season right. And if they can do it, they will absolutely kill it because their side is awesome. They've got one of the best back lines in the competition. 100%. They've got a very underrated forward pack. Their forward pack is so underrated, but you've got guys like Zachy Zachy, Moy Moy, Luke Papworth, Dylan Rowe, Kieran Van Brecht, Connor Pritchard. Like they are legit Premier Grade footy players, but their back line, hopefully Corbin Keenan and um, Dan Boardman are back shopping up because Corbin Keenan is the best centre in the competition. Uh, now that Gordo's gone. Um, so, look, I'm back in bonding on this one. Um, unfortunately, well, look, mate, Sunnybank, I don't know if they're an 80-minute side, unfortunately. Look, mate, the mail I've got, mate, is that we won't expect to see Corbin play this year, mate, but what you'll probably see in the centres is either a really? combination of um, Ryan Menzies and Dan Boardman or Bordeaux and Joey Fiddick. And, mate, no slouches there out of the three of those. Not bad. They're all awesome Not players. Not bad at all. And the other fellow, mate, who looks like he's put on a lot of size and I'm expecting big things from this season, mate, Maxi Dowd. Um, he's he's a young fellow, mate, but from where he was last year to this year, mate, isolation looks like it's treated him well, mate. <laughs> oh, don't you love to hear it? That's what I like to hear, mate. Awesome, awesome, mate. That's the, 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 They've got a good culture they're brewing down there. They just, they've got a good core of players that they seem to have had for a long period of time now, which is which is really handy. Obviously, no, no Harry nor Sephora, but they've picked up Liam Dillon. So, yeah, you know, you lose probably the best halfback in the competition and get the second best. Yeah. Look, mate, overarchingly, mate, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to what Bond can do this year, mate. If they can keep everyone fit, as we've mentioned, depth's going to be the key thing, I reckon, for this year. But I think if they can keep anyone fit, mate, they can uh, they can push anyone on their day. Well, Jay, mate, that's uh, that's it for this week. Um, it's great to have club footy back, but I think a few key things for everyone as we get back and around club rugby. Um, the key message at the moment with the COVID stuff still obviously having an impact on how we're operating as a society, fellas, is you, probably if you don't have to go to a game, don't go. But if you are going to club land, hand sanitise, check in. We can't stress how important that is. All the clubs are using the EVA app, EVA. Check it out on the App Store. You've only got to show run your camera over a QR code, which saves your details, and then you just click check in. And that is so important for contact tracing. We can't stress that enough. And then obviously when you're at the clubs, remember to social distance. That's the real key one. And just follow any particular club directions that are in place with regards to where you're sitting and all that sort of stuff. The more that everyone buys into this stuff and we look after each other, hopefully the longer we'll be able to keep this competition up and running. So 
please, guys, abide by those um, restrictions that are in place. And uh, hopefully our, our hospital challenges cut, we can see out the full season without too many issues. That's it, saucy boy. Mate, I, I'm absolutely fizzing to get into it. So hopefully, um, yeah, everybody stays safe. But, yeah, look, don't go if you don't need to be there. Tune in to the live stream. They're absolutely That's um, it. Be awesome, mate. So, yeah, it should be good gas. All four games, live and free. QLD.rugby is the website. It's not even any .coms or anything like that. Just QLD.rugby and you will find our four live streams each and every week. Thanks for joining us, Jay Ball, mate. Much appreciated. No, no, always my pleasure, Saucy Boy. I love you, brother. <laughs> Thanks, mate. We'll uh, we'll catch you on the weekend <laughs> out at uh, out of Skyfleet, mate. Peace, brother. Catch you.